0: Hello and
1: welcome to Feminine Fire, a podcast where spirituality meets soulful business strategy. I'm your host, spiritual life and business coach, Beth Cazillo, here to help you ignite your inner fire and step into the highest vision for your life and business. Join me as we explore what it takes to get out of your own way, uplevel your worth, master your mindset, and build the spiritual business of your dreams. If you're a spiritual woman ready to create a life and business that truly sets your soul on fire, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. This is Feminine Fire. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Feminine Fire with Bette Gazillo. In today's episode, I am joined by the wonderful Kat Skriner for a chat all about human design for business. And when it comes to blending human design and business, Kat is your woman. I could not imagine having this conversation with anyone else. Kat is an energetic business strategist and human design guide who works with conscious entrepreneurs and business leaders seeking to understand and embody their unique blueprint to achieve more ease, flow, and abundance in their personal and professional lives. Kat fuses her 14 plus years in digital marketing with human design and gene keys to help clients catapult their business success and drive impact through the integration and embodiment of their energetic gifts. She works with clients to create an intentional and authentic business that allows them to share their brilliance with the world in a way that feels easy, fun, and aligned. In this episode today, Kat shares with us the magic and power of human design and how it can support you to create an aligned and sustainable business. She chats through the most useful parts of your human design chart, including your energy type, your strategy, and your authority. If you've ever run your chart and felt overwhelmed or confused looking at all the different symbols and arrows and numbers and colored in bits and pieces then tune into this episode because Kat breaks it all down. She breaks down what you need to be looking at to start using your human design in business and in your life. We chat about decision-making, communication styles, learning, leadership, and so much more. If you want to create an aligned business that honors who you are and your unique energetic blueprint, then this episode is for you. Let's dive in. Hey Kat, welcome to the Feminine Fire podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today about all things human design and business.
0: Thank you so much, Beck. It's such a pleasure to be here.
1: So I have a feeling most listeners are going to be familiar at least somewhat with human design, but for anyone who is new to human design as a concept, can you kick us off with what is
0: human design? Absolutely. It is a system that essentially kind of meets at that intersection of science and spirituality, and it's a synthesis of a number of other systems that have really been kind of brought together in quite a beautiful mashup. Now, it kind of takes into account elements of traditional kind of familiar ancient Eastern observational systems like the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah Tree of Life, the chakra system, and astrology. And it combines it with kind of more Western and scientific-based principles like biochemistry, neuroscience, and quantum physics. So essentially it is, yeah, a beautiful mashup. It's it's like a profiling system that you might have come across like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, but those systems are all based on multiple choice questions. So when you're kind of going through those kind of profiling systems, you're typically filling in, you know, your answers to a number of questions. Sometimes, you know, many, many questions. They can get quite long, quite tedious. And if you've ever kind of filled in those types of questions, quite often you've done them in a situation that is a little bit performance based. So it might've been at work to either get those standard kind of corporate profiling systems are very much used for psychometric testing before you get a job as part of that interview process, or you might you know kind of go through that process when you are in the job as part of a team building, get to know you type exercise. And because there's this element of, you know, questions that you're answering, your brain's always trying to keep you safe, keep your best foot forward. And as impartial as you try and be, there's always this element of what's the correct answer? What's the answer that they're really looking for? So, human design is all based on the time, date, and location of your birth. And that's where that kind of astrological influence comes in. And there's no multiple choice questions. It shows us the map of our energetics. And essentially, it's a snapshot of who you were born to be as your most true and authentic expression of your soul. I love that.
1: I love that for so many reasons. I'm just a really big fan of where science and spirituality kind of meet. But just that, you know, there's no bias that can come into that, which is what you're talking about there, right? Around trying to get the answers right. And even sometimes I think, I wonder if I did this tomorrow, would my answer be different? You know, when you're doing those kind of multiple choice quiz questions. Yes. What kind of mood am I in? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like on a whim. This is how I feel today, you know? And obviously when they have lots and lots of questions that aims to kind of get rid of that, but I love that human design doesn't have that element of bias in it, which is really, really cool. Now your specialty is human design and business. And I know you worked in digital marketing for quite a long time and you now bring that together with human design. Very, very cool. Can you share a little bit about why human design, you know, how can human design help us as business owners?
0: So essentially when you kind of get your human design body graph, that's the the map of your energetics. And when you understand the way that you're designed, the way that you're designed to kind of interact with other people, the way that you're designed to kind of make decisions and essentially live in alignment with more ease and more flow, once you understand your kind of personal energetics, you can go about designing or redesigning your business to support, your energetic capacity, essentially, and the way that you are designed. So often the first step is getting your your chart. You might have a reading. You, you start to kind of really understand who you are and how you're designed. But then you can kind of take it a step further and really take human design led approach to the way that you run your business so that you do experience more ease and flow and less resistance and you're working in a way that complements and really supports your energetic capacity and the way that you're essentially designed to to operate in the world as as it applies to to having a business so human design and I guess human design for business is going to show you the size of group that your energy is going to thrive in, whether you're best suited to kind of being quite solo or whether you need the energy of other people around to really kind of thrive and to really kind of be having your energy you know, flowing correctly. The way that you're designed to lead as well is is really going to come through and, and be shown through your human design in a few different areas. So there's many different aspects of the chart that we can kind of pull on and draw on to really understand how you're designed to kind of thrive in business and thrive as a leader in your business and as the CEO of your business. So once you've kind of understood those personal elements, you can start to really apply that to, to business. And one of the biggest kind of aha moments that most people have is that you know, it's very normal to, you know, when you start a business, you're kind of searching around for all the answers and you want all the shortcuts and you want someone to tell you how you get from A to B essentially. And that's all, you know, that's, that's, what most people go through and and that's part of the learning process of being an entrepreneur, being a business owner. We're not we're not born knowing all of this stuff. But sometimes we have to unlearn a few behaviors and a few approaches and methods because we're just following what we've been taught and what we've been conditioned with from our, our childhood, from our, our parents, God love them. They they are the ones that typically condition us the most and for the longest period of time. And we can, you know, human design is going to show you how you were born to to really kind of lead and to, to do business and sometimes there is a process of kind of unlearning or really kind of shining a light on things that you were doing that didn't really feel good but you didn't really understand why they didn't feel good and because someone recommended that you did them or that was the strategy that you were following you kind of just went along with that but it can kind of help you feel like you know there's nothing actually wrong with you there is a reason perhaps why certain strategies won't feel very good for you or feel very natural for you. And there's different ways of doing things. So once you kind of understand your human design, you can take any strategy, any course that you take, anything that you really learn. And if something's not feeling, you know, 100% for you, you can tweak it and do it in your own way and have that confidence and that permission to, to do it in a way that feels really good to you. And ultimately, that's the most sustainable way of doing business for you because forcing and pushing yourself to emulate, imitate, fulfill someone else's strategy, kind of word for word, if that doesn't feel good for you, it's not going to be something that will be long-term and sustainable success for you.
1: Mm. It's almost like a roadmap to finding what is actually in alignment and what is actually going to feel good for you. You know, I don't like cookie cutter strategies, you know, I don't work with my clients in that way. It's always, you know, they're always like, okay, so what should I do here? And I'm like, well, there's probably a few options. <laughs> so let's talk about your options. And then what's feeling good for you? I often ask that question, you know, does this feel good for you? How did that feel? But when you've got like a, I suppose it acts like a bit of a framework to kind of overlay a lens of, oh, now I understand why." I can act like that, but perhaps I, you know, and as a coach, it can be really great to understand your client's human design as well. Cause then it's like, okay, well I can understand why that might not be working for you now, because I can have that frame of, you know, you're a reflector or, you know, you're a generator or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. And when we look at, I guess the the just the very kind of basic principles of energy type, the only energy type that's really designed to go out and initiate is a manifestor, and that's only nine percent of the population. But as entrepreneurs, as business people, we are taught go out, hustle, make it happen. If you if you're not, you know, basically pushing and forcing and and, and you know almost willing things to happen, things won't happen for you. And so many of us, like I said, kind of need to relearn a lot of those behaviors. Particularly for, you know, both of us are—you're a generator, I'm a manifesting generator. We'll be, we're we're actually designed to respond, and that can be hard. It can be hard to have the patience to respond to things, and then learning to respond and and all of that. But we we know deep down that the things that are really correct for us will will be put in front of us to respond to. So actually, it's It is a really beautiful way of doing business because we get to respond to what our energy is pulling us to, what we have energy for. So we get to really trust our body's signals, trust our energy and get out of our heads and stop kind of over strategizing. I'm not saying don't have a strategy because it's incredibly important, but it's that beautiful kind of marriage of the, the energetics and, and the strategy and really understanding what feels good for you.
1: Mm, it's almost like a big giant permission slip as well. You know, it's okay to do business in a way that feels good and aligned. And actually there's a reason, there's a reason why that is, there's a reason for that, yes, which is yeah. awesome.
0: Cause when you're using your energy correctly, that's when People are drawn to you. That's when they can see that you are lit up about something, that you're passionate about something. That's when, you know, you're not just kind of pre-scheduling all of your content and it's rolling out with no, no energy behind it, but you're posting kind of when you're inspired to talk about something, you jump on stories, you share, and that's where you find that, you know, the message hits the right people at the right time. And you don't need to worry about showing up and being seen on a schedule because the right energy and the right energetics is behind the messaging. And it feels very true and authentic for you to be sharing at that time. Mm,
1: I love it so much. So, so good. I know that a lot of people will appreciate that as well, because the amount of times, I don't know, people get caught up in, in those schedules or in those structures. It's like, oh, well, am I posting at the right time? And it's kind of like, is there a right
0: time? Yes. <laughs> Well, exactly, exactly. And particularly now if you have, you know, primarily online-based business, your audience is online all the time because your audience is potentially global. It could be anywhere in the world. If you have a business that basically serves without geographic boundaries. So holding on to um, strategies that kind of tie you into you must do this at this time and you must post at this time because that's when your audience is online, or you must schedule out your content. And um, if you miss a day, that's a you know a disaster. It's very counterintuitive and, and once you kind of sit and really think, you know, sit with that for a while, you're like, oh, actually, yes. And like I said before, it's not about not learning the correct way to use social media or not, you know, learning from other people, but, you know, really We we are so drawn, 70% of the population um, has what we call an undefined head center, which means that we are particularly susceptible to marketing messages. We are, you know, very able to kind of get lost in all of the ideas, all of the inspiration and and almost be kind of frantically searching for someone to tell us, this is the one thing that you need to do. And then you're going to be X, Y, Z. And so we then go, oh, that's the freebie I need, or that's the masterclass I need. And that's this is going to be my silver bullet for success. Where it's not actually, and usually if you're, I mean, if you're anything like me, you've got a downloads folder that is literally bursting at the steams with wonderful, you know, information-packed, you know, freebies and stuff like that. But I actually knew the information anyway. I didn't actually need to download the freebie to get the information if I just kind of trusted and stopped getting distracted by, you know, shiny objects in your own.
1: I actually think the word trust is one that has been coming up for me as you've been talking, because it's almost like when you know your human design, you can just trust in yourself more. So yeah, you can go and take a course, you can go and learn from people, you can get advice, and then you can go, okay, well, how does this feel for me? And you can trust and you know how to kind of interpret those messages I suppose in terms of what's coming through
0: yeah and you can put then put your own flavor your own spin make those tweaks make those changes and execute those strategies in a way that actually feel good to you oh it's really really powerful
1: I am sneaking in and interrupting this episode real quick to let you know how you can be coached by me in 2022 as you may or may not know Right now, I'm on maternity leave, either preparing for the arrival of my beautiful second baby, or maybe they're here already and I'm enjoying the newborn baby bubble. Either way, when I return to work in October, I will be coaching exclusively through my six-month mastermind-style program, The Spiritual Business Mistress Mind. The Mistress Mind is for spiritual women who are ready to build abundant, profitable, and aligned businesses while staying grounded in their values, spirituality and purpose. If that sounds like you, I would so love to support you. We officially kick off in mid-October, but we have some epic bonuses available if you sign up before then. To find out more and enrol, head on over to betkazillo.com forward slash mistress mind. And if you'd like to have a chat with me or if you have any questions at all about the program, I am still hanging out over on Instagram, so come and send me a DM. I would so, so love to hear from you. For now, let's get back to the episode. So let's talk about how we kind of start this journey for people who are new to human design or new to having a look at their graph or their chart. When you go and run your chart for the first time, I remember doing this, it was quite overwhelming and yes. I went, oh my goodness, what is this? You know, <laughs> so can you take us through where do we start?
0: What are the most useful parts of our chart to have a look at for business 100 so when you get your body graph it's going to look quite overwhelming there's lots of symbols there's numbers that you might recognize if you're familiar with astrology you might recognize some of the planetary glyphs that are used and the, the placements there but essentially what we really want to to focus on when you new do human design is understanding what your energy type is and then your strategy and your authority. Now, if you have gone down the rabbit hole on Instagram, which is very, very common, it is a wealth of knowledge, you will probably come across the phrase strategy and authority, strategy and authority. And at the very beginning, I was like, why does everyone just keep talking about, you know, the only thing you need to know is strategy and authority. And Actually, it is true. So your energy type is a very broad classification of your aura and the flavor of your aura, essentially, it's a little bit like a blood type. So we can have the same blood type, but be vastly different. So you might have the same energy type as someone else, but again, not really relate super closely to that person. So it's a very broad classification. There are five different energy types. We've got generators, manifestors, manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. Each energy type has a strategy. So that's what I was referring to before, strategy and authority being very important. I'll start with strategy. So your strategy is your energy type's way of taking action, interacting with the world around you, and essentially being in alignment. So for you, Beck, you're a generator. You're built to respond. This means that you get, the you know, the universe is going to put things in front of you. People will ask you for things. You might respond to something that you see on social media. Your response is coming from your sacral center. So as a generator, you have a defined sacral center and your sacral is this energy center in your body that lights up when something is energetically correct for you to put energy towards. So your sacral is going to show you what excites you, what you have energy for. And as a generator and as a generator in business, you need to be patient and wait for these things to respond to which is super hard when we're all told, just go out and initiate. Then we've got manifestors. And manifestors, I mentioned before, are the only energy type that is actually designed to initiate action. Now, a manifestor is only 9% of the population, kind of reasonably uncommon. It's the second most rare energy type. Manifestors don't have a defined sacral, but they do have a defined throat center. So they, the, the throat center is the center for manifestation. So they are designed to, to lead us. They are designed to go out and initiate and they have these in internal inspirational kind of urges that they channel from source from the universe from you know whatever terminology really kind of resonates they have these urges to go out to create and to initiate new things. They essentially kind of start the train and the rest of us kind of then jump on for the ride. So manifestors need to be quite bold. Quite often manifestors as children, they will be the kids who just want to kind of run off and do their own thing. They might have all these wild and somewhat different or crazy ideas that parents are like, that's scary need to kind of contain that so manifestors can quite often grow up and and be quite conditioned and and they they tend to sometimes keep themselves a little bit small because throughout their life people have always said no you can't do that we need to do this you can't do that that's too dangerous you can't do that that's crazy so they kind of learn to kind of play themselves down a little bit so a manifester who is you know very much in their power is something to behold they have what we call a bold and repelling aura so that means you either love them or they're not your cup of tea and and typically a manifesto's energy once you find out they're a manifesto you're like oh i see that like you can really see that people are really on their train and they're really you know particularly um in a business sense they will be the, the type of people who are constantly moving forward they're not built to respond because you can't lead people in new directions if you're waiting to respond to things so literally they have to be the bravest and take that initiative and initiate all these new things but because they don't have a defined sacral center, they don't have the energy to make things physical. So typically for manifestors in business, they need people around them to help them with some of the more kind of the grunt work, the back-end work, because they are, you know, the visionaries. They are constantly kind of coming up with new programs, new ideas, new opportunities to to work with people and to, to kind of take people on this journey with them. So that's our manifestors. And then we have what is technically a hybrid type, the manifesting generator. Manifesting generators are kind of first and foremost generators, but they do have this kind of manifesting ability. And what makes you and I different is as a generator, you've got this kind of lasting stamina and this lasting energy to kind of create the magic. The the, the work that you do that really lights you up, you can stay in that work and be you know the master of your craft for many 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 years and very kind of happy and content doing the work that lights you up as long as that work is still lighting you up manifesting generators tend to be a little bit faster we tend to want to have many things on the go multiple projects multi-passionate sometimes can come across as a little bit flaky because we don't always have this lasting desire to kind of complete projects so we can can kind of jump around a little bit leaving things a little bit somewhat unfinished but usually it's because we're just so excited and we move very quickly and um, we kind of jump around and, and kind of master things very quickly whereas the generator kind of masters their craft over a lifetime we we tend to kind of hop in and out of of things and get very good at them and then move on to the next thing. So manifesting generators are first and foremost built to respond like a generator, but then we also need to take care to inform and tell the people around us what it is that we're up to. And that's not really about asking for permission. It's about kind of keeping communication open, making sure that we have the support that we need and that people are not kind of going, hang on, what's going on? (laughs) Where is she now? And what's, you know, especially if you have a team as as a manifesting generator, it's really, really important that you keep your team abreast of what's happening because not everyone's going to be moving as fast as you and not everyone can connect those dots the same way that you do. Then we have our projectors. Projectors are 20% of the population and they are an energy type that is very much suited to guiding energy. So they are very... Very good at managing people, managing creative energy. They typically will see things that most of us miss and they see very deeply. It makes them very excellent at guiding people, coaching people, managing kind of human resources, but also kind of managing creative um, creativity, um, coming up with solutions to, to problems. The projector is designed to wait for an invitation. So because they have a huge amount of wisdom to share, they need to, to protect their energy and to protect them, their energy from kind of wasting time trying to share this, this wisdom with people who are not willing and ready to receive it. They need to wait for an invitation. So they are waiting for a sense of recognition, a sense of openness for the other person to say, hey. Share, you know, can you help me with this problem? Can you share what you see? You know, I want you to guide me essentially. So they're waiting for this sense of openness, this sense of recognition before they share all of their wisdom. So they're not running down the street tapping people on the shoulder going, hey, I can see you're really struggling with this. I have the solution because that, you know, that's not how we do things. So <laughs> they and most people really get that analogy. They're like, oh yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing that. But when they, you know, when they project their wisdom and their advice, it can come across as being unsolicited, and it can fall on deaf ears or, or cause some some tension and some friction. So they need to wait for an invitation, which is that sense of openness for the other person to really receive. And then we have the most rare type, which is the reflectors. And a reflector is only 1% of the population. Their entire chart is open um, when we look at the energy centers. And this means that they are kind of constantly kind of amplifying the energy around them. So. The strategy and the authority for a reflector is to wait a lunar cycle because they have a lot of what we call openness in their chart. They're very much at the mercy of the lunar cycles. They very much feel the different phases of the moon and it can be really helpful and supportive for reflectors to kind of chart and track the phases of the moon and how their energy feels over that 28-day cycle. And once they're tuned into that, that's that's going to help them with a little bit more consistency in their energy. They need to be really careful about who they surround themselves with because they pick up and amplify so much energy from the people and the environments that they spend time in and with. So who they're with and where they are is is absolutely critical for reflectors. So that's the the kind of the, the energy types and the strategies for each of those energy types. And then I was talking about strategy and authority. So, authority is how you're designed to make decisions that are aligned to where your soul's trying to guide you in this lifetime, in this incarnation. So, our minds, as beautiful as they are, are not designed to make those decisions for us. So, learning your human design, experimenting with your human design is really about understanding your authority and experimenting with, you know, trusting how your body feels. So there are seven different authorities. So they don't match up with the um, energy type. So this is where it starts to get a little bit kind of interesting and and that's where you need to kind of refer to your chart. So the first and the most common type of authority is emotional. This is 50% of the population have what we call an emotional authority. They have a defined emotional solar plexus. They have what we call an emotional wave. Um, It's a mechanical wave. It takes them from, you know, the full spectrum of emotion from high to low and then back again in a wave kind of format. And they need space and time to make their decisions. So someone with an emotional authority is not designed to make gut-based decisions in the moment. They need to kind of what we call ride out their wave and wait until they have clarity, this kind of neutrality around decisions. The decision that they're making is not either negatively or positively kind of charged it's very neutral they feel very clear that's when they know they've got clarity and that's when they should be making their decisions they can't be influenced by other people they need to literally kind of remove themselves go through their wave and not kind of be influenced by other people kind of during that time if possible but they need to kind of have some time and space but i'm not talking weeks i'm i'm just you know it's it's one or two days usually they need to feel into their decisions Now, for both of us, we are both sacral authorities and this is where if you are a manifesting generator or a generator who is a sacral authority, your sacral, your gut response is everything. So first and foremost, the gut's going to show you what excites you like, oh, I'm excited about that or this is an exciting opportunity or I really feel like eating like someone puts a menu in front of you and you're like, that is what I want. I'm so excited about eating that. You know, your gut is showing you what what is exciting for you. And then your gut is also helping you make a yes or no decision. And that decision is happening in the moment. The beautiful thing about having a sacral authority is that you can always be kind of checking in with your sacral. You can keep asking, you know, do I feel like this? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? Now, as a sacral authority, the people around you need to ask you these yes or no questions. I'm not sure about you, Beck, but if, if my family or my, you know, especially my husband, if he's like, what do you want to do this weekend? My brain goes into a tailspin and I'm like, I don't know. Or what, what do you want to eat tonight? What, what do we want to have for dinner? And I'm like, I, I literally cannot answer. But if someone says, here are your options, I'm like, cool, I'll make a choice. Or do you want to go out? Do you want to stay in? Do you want to have Japanese? Do you want to have, you know, Italian? I can make decisions when I have options, but open-ended, I, I freeze. <laughs> it's bizarre. I am the same. So good to know that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My
1: husband gets frustrated with me because he's like, I'm always coming up with the options. And it's like,
0: well, Yeah. <laughs> I make the decision in the end. (laughs) Exactly, 100% and it drives them absolutely crazy. But again, once you know this, when we apply that to business, if you do have a team supporting you, you can encourage them to come to you with options instead of what are we doing in this situation? They come to you and they say, this is the situation we've got these options to kind of explore or it's going to make communication and decision making so much easier when people kind of really understand how you make your decisions and 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 vice versa if you're a sacral authority it's an in the moment kind of gut response it's a yes or a no and we we have this ability to kind of keep checking in with how we're feeling about these decisions kind of anytime it's pretty pretty handy sacral authority is 35 of the population so pretty common the next most common is going to be only 10 percent of the population and this is a splenic authority so this will be for a manifesto or a projector you can you can have a, a splenic authority as either of those energy types this is still an in the moment response so the spleen is the center that houses our intuition it's that kind of very primal awareness to you know and the ability to keep yourself safe to know at a moment's notice don't go down there, don't eat that, you know, keeping yourself physically safe, very primal energy, but it's that where intuition really sits. And with a splenic authority, it's going to be still that kind of in-the-moment decision that you're making, but it's going to feel much more subtle than a sacral authority. It's it's more, it's much more subtle, it's very subtle physiological response. You might get a slight, like a, a bit of a ping. It might be this kind of just this inner knowing this inner resonance that something's correct. And most of the time, if it doesn't make a lot of sense, that is in your intuition. So, because again, tuning into your intuition, so many of us are very conditioned to not trust our intuition. They're like, oh no, do the pros and the cons, and then talk yourself out of the decision that you already knew was correct <laughs> for you, because you're kind of making your mind go through the hurdles of the pros and cons lists and all of that kind of stuff. So That intuitive hit is usually the one that's going to not always make a lot of sense, but there's this resonance. You know something's healthy for you, you know it's correct for you, can't quite explain it, but you just know you need to do something or you know that something's kind of really, really correct for you. I have this kind of double whammy where my spleen accenter is directly connected to my sacral. So my sacral will show me what's really exciting. And then sometimes on some, you know, really big decisions, I'll have that kind of that intuitive knowing, just kind of going, I really, I know that this is really right for me at the moment. I can't really explain it, which was kind of my decision to go into human design. My sacral was like on fire all the time. Like this is, this is so exciting. This is what I want to put my energy into. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's get super excited. And then I was like, I just know, I know that this doesn't make sense, but I know that it's right for me. And now even when I look back on that decision to kind of make that big pivot, I was like, yeah, that was still 100% the correct decision for me. So sometimes you'll have a bit of both if both of those centers are defined for you. So 95% of the population have one of those three. So they're the most common. And then we get into the more rare ones. So we have an ego authority that someone who's designed to basically make the most selfish decision is usually the right decision for them, which again is very conditioned because from, you know, from when we're children, we're told don't be selfish. That's the worst thing in the world. But someone who has an ego authority is very much driven by their own desires and as long as those desires are truly theirs, they are desires are put on their heart for a reason and that's what they truly want, that's usually the right decision for them. Then we have a self-authority. So this is going to be for a self-projected projector only and this is someone who's making their decisions based on their identity, their sense of purpose, their trajectory and where they really kind of see their life story playing out? Am I the type of person who does XYZ? Might be something that they kind of go through when they're making their decisions. And then we have a mental or sometimes call an environmental authority. Um, And this is going to be a very small percentage of projectors only as well. And this is someone who needs to have a trusted inner circle of people around them to talk out their decision with. Now, this inner circle of people, they don't provide feedback. They don't debate and discuss they're literally there to hold space so that the mental projector can hear themselves talking through their decisions their options what they what it is they're they're trying to to make a decision around and then once they hear themselves talk through those options they 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 know which one is the correct one for them so the the sounding board is literally just a sounding board they're they're people (laughs) that that are trusted to hold space and they allow that person to kind of soundboard off them. For a mental projector, the environment, again, is going to be really important for them because typically they they will have only two, two centers to find. So a lot of open centers in their chart. So again, like a reflector, a lot of potential to be influenced by other people's energy. So the people that they're with on their sounding board, plus the environment that they kind of soundboard in can can play a role in whether a decision feels kind of correct for them or not and then we go back to our reflectors who technically don't have what we call an inner inner authority but they need to kind of wait this lunar cycle they need to see how they feel through each of the phases of the moon so if they are committing to quite a big investment in terms of joining a mastermind or a course or something that that has you know a significant decision sitting behind it it's really helpful for them to have this full 28 day kind of cycle to move through so that they can really feel into and assess their energy behind, you know, those decisions and and how they feel about the decision over that kind of extended period of time. So they need a lot more time to kind of come to those bigger decisions, which can be challenging in business, obviously, when you need to kind of be a little bit more nimble, So, again, it can be helpful for them to also have people to kind of talk it out with. And, again, those people need to be very much trusted, kind of sounding board for those people as well.
1: Amazing. It's so good. As you're sharing all of that, you know, I've heard that before, like or at least have an understanding of what all of those different bits and pieces are. But it's almost like you you start thinking, oh, I think that person might be a projector. I think that person might be a generator just from the way or, you know, that authority, because I can see I can see them almost making decisions in that way. Uh, it's obviously so good for your own self-awareness, but also so helpful in communicating with others and business like communicating with other people is such a huge part. Of, yes, exactly. Of being in business,
0: and and sometimes I think we we think with decision making. So if you know if an opportunity lands in your inbox and you're super excited about it, you don't need to say yes to the whole opportunity, and the whole project at that moment. So it might be yes to let's have a meeting, let's talk about it, let's kind of go through the motions. You don't you don't have to kind of commit and. Um, kind of say yes to like getting married the first time you meet someone, you kind of say yes to having a date and and yes to a second date and and things like that. And you kind of, you can take it in stages. And I think sometimes when we're not super clear on particularly bigger decisions, it's too much for one single decision. Sometimes it can help to kind of break down that decision a little bit more in terms of, you know, just smaller elements. So it's not this, my life is now, completely deciding, you know, this one decision is going to, com- you know, completely change my life. And then you feel like then it's really hard to sometimes tune into what your body's telling you because it's it's almost like it's too much, it's too much of a decision. So in that in that situation, if you are finding it a bit hard to connect with that energy that your body's giving you and those signals that your body's giving you, then sometimes chunking it down a little bit and breaking it down into smaller, more bite-sized decisions can, can help you. And you can play with your authority, especially with, you know, very inconsequential things like eating and, you know, just just the small daily decisions that you make every single day. You can have a lot of fun with it. You can practice, get people to ask you yes or no questions if you're a sacral authority and things like that. But just having that awareness is literally the first kind of part of the experiment because if you're not aware of it, you can't really do anything with it.
1: Mm. And I suppose what you're talking there is about, unlearning, but doing that in kind of a, in a gentle way, you know, unlearning all of those, all of that conditioning, all of that, that we've got, you know, all of us have it. You don't have to do it all in one go. no,
0: And it's almost impossible to do it all in one go, but if you do, you know, if you start out with experimenting with the strategy and the authority, you can usually quite quickly you can see, oh, actually, yes, that's when I made a decision. I didn't trust my gut on that one or that's when I I allowed someone else to pressure me into making a decision and it turned out horribly and I've learnt my lesson. So you can usually we do have this hindsight to see where even without having to go through, you know, making a bad decision again, we can can identify where we we know that we didn't really trust ourselves but we went along with it anyway or we allowed our mind to kind of take over and, and kind of run away with the show. And it's easy to experiment with, you know, it's not something that's going to kind of ruin your life. <laughs> <start>. <laughs> if you start deciding what you're
1: going to have for dinner exactly. in a more creative way. Exactly, exactly. <laughs>
0: But, but yeah, just understanding the people that are around you, even not in a business sense, just the family members that you have around you, if you've got children, how you can better support them and their energy and their energy levels as well. So there's, you know, so many layers to it that are, you know, fascinating from all aspects of life.
1: Is there anything else you'd share with business owners around human design
0: that we haven't quite covered today? Almost everything in your chart that you learn about, you'll be able to kind of apply it to business. So, you know, your chart will show you where, you know, the energy that you give other people. And as a business owner, that's that's essentially how you're impacting people, um, what the, you know, those kind of, that energy that people can really borrow from you and where you're designed to kind of teach and to, to share from so it can be really affirming to, to know that, you know, the things that you've always done quite naturally in business are actually very aligned for you and, you know, there's natural skills, gifts and talents. Once you kind of go through your chart and you kind of look at all of the, the gift frequencies of those, you're like, oh, actually, that, that they've always been my core values. They've always been, you know, those, those core truths that I've always come back to and what I know about myself. So it can be... Yeah, like we said at the, at the beginning, it's that permission. It's very empowering. Plus, it also gives you a lot of answers around why certain things might have never felt good. So, for example, both of us, we we have an undefined G center, which is the identity center. And for the longest time, I, you know, particularly in my days in corporate, I was like, everybody else had these succession plans in place. And they were like, I'm going to go and, you know, after this role, I'm heading for that role. And that's, you know, they, they were climbing the corporate ladder essentially, but they knew exactly where they wanted to go. And I was like, I'm quite happy doing the job. I didn't feel ambitious. And in the same way, obviously I wanted to have a successful career, but I just didn't feel that ambition and that like trajectory. And now that I understand that it's because my identity center, mine's completely wide open. There's no gates defined in it. It's all white. And that means that my sense of identity and, and who I am and my sense of purpose is a very kind of fluid and flexible. And it's not set in stone, whereas someone who has a defined identity center has that sense of purpose. They have this trajectory that they're on. They know who they are and where they're going. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's fine. I was never supposed to be behaving like that anyway. Now I don't need to kind of beat myself up because I didn't have a 15-year plan to be (laughs) in the C-suite of the business that I was working in. So giving yourself that permission and also that kind of loving acceptance of actually who you are designed to be and why that still the most beautiful thing in the world. Like I think some people will look at their chart and they'll go, oh, but I don't have this defined and so-and-so has got that defined. So that makes them better or they have more centres defined than me and it doesn't make them better at all. And even being a reflector and having no defined centres can be a beautiful thing. So it's, you know, we, we all have access to everything that's in the chart. It's just that some things are more consistent and reliable for us. And that's energy that we can rely on. And that's kind of the the bedrock of how we're designed to kind of go about living our lives in alignment. Mm,
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that you touched on that because generators are one of the most common, right? And there's part of me that goes, I just wish I was more unique than that
0: you know the world needs generators and manifesting generators to make ideas and initiatives physical like we we provide yes the grunt work but if you just imagine you know 70 percent of the population is going to be a generator or a manifesting generator that's huge that is and, and the world that we live in is very much geared to generators and this very traditional kind of way of working of you know Corporate Monday to Friday, nine to five, you only get two days a week to do what you want and you go and work for someone else. But for those of us who have stepped away from that model and have the freedom and flexibility, and we are doing the work that really lights us up, imagine if all of the people who were unhappy generators were actually doing what lit them up. Like, imagine the world that we would live in, it would be such a different place. So there's so many ways to look at it, but quite often we we do these personality kind of profiling exercises and look at systems like human design and it can be very liberating, but also some people can start to put a few limitations on themselves and go, oh, I'm a projector, so I can't go out and go and do this. Or I'm a manifestor, so I can't respond. I've got to constantly kind of be pushing myself to innovate and to initiate. It's, it's not about kind of putting yourself in more boxes. It's about kind of taking off the shackles and just really understanding who you're designed to be and then where you are now. And if you are feeling stuck or you're feeling resistance to the way that you're doing things or you're feeling unfulfilled or that you're not quite in your purpose work, then human design is a beautiful kind of system that will help you, you know, when you're ready uncover so much about yourself that most of it you probably already knew, but you didn't quite have the language to... To discuss it or to to understand it in this particular way. Mm. Such a good spot to wrap up, I feel.
1: So can you share with us how we can uh, find you, connect with you and work with you? Absolutely.
0: So I'm I'm most, in terms of social media, I'm most active on Instagram. Um, So my handle is kat.skriner, S-K-R-E-I-N-E-R. I I know that Beck's going to pop it in the show notes because it's a little bit of a challenging surname, but I would love to connect with you over there. I share a lot of content. The content that always works the best for me is, you know, how to actually work with elements of your design and elements of your chart from a business perspective so lots of gold to share there um, or you can go to my website catscriner.com and I have readings I have programs there's many different ways that we can work together if that's of interest
1: amazing we'll make sure that those links are in the show notes as well thank you thank you
0: so much for joining me today you're so welcome such a pleasure